What's going on everybody? It's your boy GDQ. I felt like this video was extremely important to make because there's a lot of misinformation and misconceptions going on about whether or not coronavirus is airborne or not. And the short answer is yes. And I'm going to explain why throughout this video. It's kind of um, difficult because the experts, people like The Who, um, even posted on Instagram a few days ago that coronavirus is not airborne, which um, is kind of completely false and uh, totally makes people draw conclusions that are, are, are not true and it's completely their fault. So throughout this video, I'm kind of going to explain my research of why it is airborne um, and whether or not you should be taking precautions when you go out in public like wearing face masks. So I'll start off with this conference from February 11th where the WHO director comes out and says that yes, the coronavirus is airborne. Okay, so I'm going to start with some language and definitions because for some reason, I don't know, people don't like to go through that. So um, we'll start with the kind of the Wikipedia definitions. It's easiest for all of us to understand. Um, I'm not an epidemiologist. <laughs> Most of the public is not epidemiologists. So um, it's, it's kind of uh, difficult to understand. So I don't really blame people about um, not really knowing what's going on. Um, so Wikipedia states that airborne infections usually occur by the respiratory route with the agent present in aerosols. So that means that um, they're infectious particles less than five micrometers in diameter. Now, um, the WHO kind of changed their stance and um, this was posted on March 29th on the WHO website, um, and it's a scientific brief, and they make this conclusion where they say, WHO continues to recommend droplet and contact precautions for those caring for COVID-19 patients? Okay, so we're going to go, we're going we're gonna to define things, okay? So droplets are infectious particles that are greater than five micrometers in size. Um, airborne or aerosol, um, now that, th this type of disease um, these particles are less than five micrometers in, in size. Now, uh, coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, is 0.06 to 0.15 micrometers in size. So um, these infectious particles are small enough to be considered airborne or aerosol um, uh, infectious particles. Now, so the WHO, though, is recommending that uh, people take droplet precautions which means that um, it, it's, it's greater than five micrometers in size. So now what, we'll go on to the second sentence here. It says, who continues to recommend airborne precautions for circumstances and settings in which aerosol generating procedures and support treatment are performed according to risk assessment? So they're completely contradicting themselves right here. They're saying that they're recommending droplet and contact precautions for people caring for COVID-19 patients, but they're saying to take airborne precautions when there's aerosol uh, generating procedures. Okay, so it, first off, that's completely confusing. It, it, it doesn't say anything. So if, if you're saying that it, it can be aerosolized in, in certain circumstances, why aren't you just saying um, take airborne precautions? There's a few reasons why, obviously, that they're not doing that. And then, um, so I'll get into that later. But 
this right here is super important because um, this was from April 1st, 2020. This is a rapid expert consultation on the possibility of bioaerosol spread of SARS-CoV-2 for the COVID-19 pandemic. This is um, an expert basically telling the CDC that they need to start taking airborne precautions. Okay, so this is this is April 1st, 2020, but we've known that SARS-CoV-2 is likely aerosolized um, way before this, so I'll continue with that. Um, later on. But they go in here and they say currently available research supports the possibility that SARS-CoV-2 could be spread via bioaerosol, bioaerosols generated directly by patient's exhalation. This means that you could be breathing and you could most likely be spreading SARS-CoV-2. Okay, so they, they say a recent study of SARS-CoV-2 aerosolization at the University of Nebraska Medical Center showed widespread presence of viral RNA in isolation rooms where patients with SARS-CoV-2 were receiving care. They collected air and surface samples from 11 isolation rooms that were used to care for patients infected with SARS-CoV-2. Okay, so th this study found that they... Um, were able to um, identify uh, basically aerosolized particles of SARS-CoV-2, okay? So this is, um, his name's Harvey Feinberg, okay? This is the Standing Committee on Emerging Infectious Diseases and 21st Century Health Threats. Look, this guy is basically telling the CDC, like, hey, um, this is aerosolized. You guys need to make sure that you tell everybody that it is, okay? Um, we're going to go here, and I, I'm going to pull this up. This is from February 6th, 2020, okay? Look, th this is a um, correspondence produced by The Lancet. Now, they say on January 22nd, um, a member of the National Expert Panel on Pneumonia reported that he was infected by um, COV 2019 NCOV, so that's COVID-19 during the inspection in Wuhan. He wore an N95 mask, but he did not wear anything to protect his eyes. Several days before the onset of pneumonia, Wang complained of redness of the eyes. Okay, so... This is saying unprotected exposure of the, of the eyes to COVID-19 in the Wuhan fever clinic might have allowed the virus to infect the body. They say right here that, look, severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus is predominantly transmitted through direct or indirect contact with mucous membrane in the eyes, mouth, or nose. That's like touching your face, okay? But they say that People should be wearing protective eye gear, okay? And, and that's to protect you from, from touching your face. But, but this, this guy is basically saying that it's, it's likely aerosolized and that you can just get it walking through places, okay? So this isn't just droplets. This is airborne. This right here, another um, expert in China. This is from February 2020. Okay, this 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 is probably the most important um, figure that I could present the whole time. This goes into like a person likelihood of uh, transmission. So bodily bodily contact uh, fluids, right? So that's being right next to someone. We already know that. 
that's basically how uh, all diseases are spread, right? And then, so here we go. We've got droplet right here, okay? So they say that, you know, it's uh, less of a chance through droplets. And then fomites, which means like uh, um, it can basically kind of travel further and stick to surfaces. And then they even come out and they say that um, it can be tra uh, transmitted by aerosol. Okay, the virus can be transmitted if someone was exposed to high concentrations of aerosol in a relatively closed environment for a long time. Okay, Th but they're saying here that the aerosol transmission happens conditionally. It happens conditionally, but it doesn't matter because it still happens, right? So that means that it happens. This is most likely in places like hospitals. So now there's a lot of hospitals. I know there a lot of reports that hospitals are not letting um, their staff wear masks, which is absolutely ridiculous because in a perfect world, your patients and your medical staff are wearing masks. Um, this is going to protect everybody, okay? So, but the problem is, is that our, our, our medical care workers have been getting uh, extremely sick from COVID-19. And so, it, it, if the aerosol transmission happens conditionally, it can happen. So, so they should be taking airborne precautions, airborne precautions, like it's the flu, okay? Everybody should be masked up. That's the thing. But, um, I don't know. It's it's crazy to me. Now this right here, um, Mr. Wang, he uh, works at the Department of Infectious Diseases at the uh, Peking University First Hospital in China. Okay, they they put out this. There is possibility of aerosol transmission in a relatively closed environment for a long time exposure to high concentrations of aerosol. That means if you're working with COVID-19 patients, you are likely being exposed to aerosol particles, which means that you can probably get sick from aerosol transmission of SARS-CoV-2. Okay, but here's the thing. It's, it's really difficult. Science is really difficult because you've got these ifs, right? Respiratory droplets in close contact are the main routes of transmission, which means that most of the time, it's, it's really hard because we don't have um, a lot of evidence on it yet. But most of the time, uh, respiratory droplets in con close contact are the main routes of transmission, which means that here, um, the droplets greater than five uh, micrometers in size, that applies. Um, so, so hospitals are taking droplet precautions, but there's still the possibility of aerosol transmission. <laughs> so no matter what, this is, this is my suggestion to the general public. Just think that it's airborne and it's transmitted through aerosols. That means that you could be in the grocery store and you can possibly be infected, not even by touching anything. Okay? I'm going to continue. Um, I've got a, a, a few more things to show. So here is a study that was produced by the New England Journal of Medicine. This is basically like the, the study that everybody's going to right now for um, whether or not SARS-CoV-2 is viable in aerosols or um, on surfaces, okay? SARS-CoV-2 remained viable in aerosols throughout the duration of our experiment, three hours. So they were able to find viable, um, transmittable particles of SARS-CoV-2 SARS in the air after three hours. After three hours, okay? 
Um, the who they had they had stated here um, that the aerosols were generated using a uh, nebulizer and and fed into um, a Goldberg Goldberg drum under controlled laboratory conditions. So they're saying that this is a high-powered machine that does not reflect normal human cough conditions. I, I don't know if, if I mean, they're kind of, I, I, I don't know what to think of this. Okay. It, it, they're saying just because it was in a laboratory condition means that it, it might not be a, a proper study, which is absolutely freaking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Okay, so now we're going to talk about kind of um, the fluid mechanics of coughing and sneezing. So this is from, this is recent, March 26. Uh, Lydia, she is um, a scientist at MIT. She, she does a lot of fluid mechanic works. Okay, so she produced this experiment of um, coughing and sneezing and how far that cough or sneeze can travel. So let me play this real quick. Okay, we'll go back again. We'll go back over here and I'll play it one more time, okay? So this is someone sneezing, okay? So they sneezed right here and the distance, 23 to 26 feet that it traveled. That was the sneeze, okay? That was a sneeze. That's crazy, okay? And, and these were viable particles over here, all right? So that means that when you sneeze and when you cough, it is traveling very, 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 very far, okay? Now, look, she states here, although no studies have directly evaluated the biophysics of droplets and gas cloud formation for patients infected with SARS-CoV-2 virus, several properties of the exhaled gas cloud and respiratory transmission may apply to this pathogen. If so, this possibility may influence current recommendations intended to minimize the risk for disease transmission. If Look, the WHO is saying that healthcare personnel and other staff are advised to maintain a three-foot distance. Um, CDC recommends a six-foot, okay? This is saying that it could possibly travel 26 feet, people. 26 feet, okay? So look right here, for these and other reasons, wearing of appropriate personal protection equipment is vitally important for healthcare workers caring for patients who may be infected, even if they are farther than six feet away from a patient. Okay, so we already know, we've already established that for healthcare workers, they should be wearing masks no matter what. They should be taking every single precaution, acting like they could get sick from this. I wear masks completely PPE'd up, okay? And uh, if for, for everyday citizens, even going into um, the, the grocery store, you should be wearing something. And I'm going to explain the efficiency of masks, even if it's a bandana that's not that efficient. We have to slow the spread in the transmission. This is the only way or one of the only ways that we're going to be able to fight um, the disease and kind of reduce the strain on the hospital system, okay? This is um, another, we're talking about the mechanics, okay? The mechanics of transmission of SARS-CoV-2, aerosol emission and super emission during human speech increase with voice loudness. This, is, this was published. Uh, February 20th of 2019, okay? So 
Um, this says mechanistic hypotheses about airborne infectious disease transmission have traditionally emphasized the role of coughing and sneezing, which are dramatically expiratory events that yield both easily visible droplets and large quantities of particles too small to see by the eye. Nonetheless, it has been long known that normal speech also yields large quantities of particles that are too small to see by the eye but are large enough to carry a variety of, communica of communicable respiratory pathogens. Here we show that the rate of particle emission during normal human speech is positively correlated with loud loudness of vocalization ranging from approximately 1 to 50 particles per second. Look, this is saying that even just breathing, it's likely that we can spread disease. Just breathing, just breathing, okay? Um, right here. Despite their small size, micron-scale particles are sufficiently large to carry a variety of respiratory pathogens such as measles virus, influenza virus, uh, virus, and mycobacterium tuberculosis. Okay, and right here they say, indeed, recent work uh, has confirmed that significant amounts of influenza viral RNA are present, present in small particles emitted by influenza-infected individuals during natural breathing without coughing or sneezing. Okay, we're talking about coronavirus. Um, they're saying 50 to 500 nanometers. We already established that um, SARS-CoV-2 is 60 to 140 uh, nanometers, right? So this, this definitely fits the definition of um, possibly being spread uh, through breathing okay this isn't this isn't a, a, a direct coronavirus study but this is talking about the the mechan the me mechanics of things like breathing and coughing and sneezing and the possibility of any of these viruses um, being transmitted through aerosols and being transmitted through just breathing so this is this is possible evidence of coronavirus maybe being spread either even through breathing um, now, the difficult part is to, to completely make conclusions, right? So the WHO is saying to take just droplet precautions and only aerosol airborne precautions in certain circumstances. My advice is for the public to understand that it's most likely and definitely, in my mind, spread uh, through aerosol transmission, which means it's airborne people, which means when you go to the grocery store, you should be taking precautions, um, and, and now it's difficult because coronavirus is novel um, and, and science is always evolving. And so the thing is, is that if there's a likelihood of this stuff being transmitted through aerosols, why wouldn't we take precautions in every single setting that we can, whether it be grocery stores, um, healthcare uh, facilities, anything like that, okay? Even, even, even the one person who, who, who's a trucker. You know what I mean? He should be wearing a mask too. Any any type of thing. Why aren't we doing everything to present or prevent the transmission of the disease? That's the real question. Um, so this is a, a article by Nature, um, and it, it kind of contributes to the um, just the confusing nature of of media and science in general. 
Evidence from preliminary studies and field reports that SARS-CoV-2 is spreading in aerosols is mixed. Okay, so um, at the height of the coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan, China, this is another study. Virologist uh, Qi Lan at Wuhan University collected samples of aerosols in and around hospitals treating people with COVID-19 as well as um, at the busy entrances of two department stores. In an unreviewed preprint, so it's preprint, it's not completely peer-reviewed yet, but it's I mean, he wrote the article. They did this experiment. It's most likely going to get printed. They found a viral RNA from SARS-CoV-2 in a number of locations. So um, they were able to, you know, find these particles that were aerosolized. Um, it's, 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 the study doesn't ascertain whether the aerosols collected were able to infect cells, um, but... In an email to Nature, Land says the work demonstrates that during breathing or talking, SARS-CoV-2 aerosol transmission might occur and impact people both near and far from the source. As a precaution, the general public should avoid crowds and should also wear masks to reduce the risk of airborne virus exposure. I'm just saying. I, I mean, that, that speaks for itself. Um, they, they, they go on to point out that in this study, there's another study where they, they found, um, they took air samples in isolation rooms. Um, and and they, they basically found uh, positive results, but the outlet was close enough to a person with COVID-19 that it could have been contaminated by respiratory droplets from a cough or sneeze. Okay, so there's just a, a different evidence, right, that it, science always uses the term likely. So if we're using the term likely here, uh, it's likely spread by uh, aerosol transmission, which means it's airborne people. We need to be taking those types of precautions. And, and these precautions should have been taken long ago, like I said. Um, this one was, yeah, January 22nd, they were, they were talking about a possibility through the eyes. And then what was this? February 20th. Um, they came out and said aerosol transmission, uh, and then on the 11th of February, which was before that, the WHO director had said that it's probably airborne. So they've known for a while. Um, so let's go on to face masks. Should you be wearing a face mask or not? Uh, should you be wearing bandanas or, or anything, right? So the thing is, is the California Department of Public Health just put out on the uh, April 1st cloth face covering guidelines. So they're basically advising the general public that they should be wearing um, a mask, even if it's a bandana or cloth or t-shirt or a towel, anything. You should be wearing that in public. That is crazy. And what's crazy to me is that they've been not, they've been not giving masks to hospital workers because of a shortage. And it's absolutely outrageous and freaking criminal. It's criminal. Okay, I have family members who work in healthcare settings who who just a few days ago last week they were not allowed to wear masks, and now the Department of Public Health wants to come out and say that everybody should be wearing masks, no matter what you're doing in public, you should be wearing masks. It's freaking criminal, man. I mean, it it, it took this long to come out and, and say that. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, and they're they're fighting whether or not for the CDC to recommend to wear masks in public. People need to be wearing masks. Okay. Um, I want to point out that uh, some people, some people want to uh, talk crap 
um, and say that, oh, if you're not wearing a certain mask, it doesn't help. Um, And and this kind of echoes this point from, um, what is this? This is from the University of Minnesota. And this scientist is basically saying that there's no scientific evidence there uh, that that cloth masks are effective in reducing the risk of SARS-CoV-2 transmission. They may result in those wearing masks to relax other distancing efforts because they have a sense of protection. So that's one. That's, to me, that's the big deal why why they don't want to recommend masks one of them is that uh, people will reduce their distancing efforts so we need to social distance but we need everybody needs to wear masks in public Um, this is a very different uh, switch in our culture in American culture we don't we don't wear masks Um, but that's going to change I'm telling you right now we're everybody needs to be wearing them um, and here's the other thing. We need to preserve the supply of surgical masks for at-risk healthcare workers. The thing is, is that they're not even supplying them to healthcare workers. <laughs> I mean, they, they supply them to patients, but I mean, and they do it when, you know, they're, they're PPE'd up and they're going into an isolation room or something. But I mean, if, if you're a regular doctor, like a, like a, um, a pediatrician, I mean, you should still be wearing a mask when if you're seeing a kid for a normal checkup. That's what I'm saying right now. Um, they're, they're saying that it will not reduce SARS-CoV-2 transmission, but that's that's just kind of bad. It's It's a little bit bad to say, so I'm kind of upset that they're saying that. They're basically saying... Um, that respirators uh, most likely will, uh, you know, be able to reduce it. A non-fit tested respirator may not offer any better protection than a surgical mask. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I, but here's, here's a study that was done in 2013 that says um, testing the efficacy of homemade masks would they protect in an in influenza pandemic. And so this study basically found out that um, both masks, so surgical and cloth masks, which means even like a bandana, significantly reduce the number of microorganisms um, expelled by volunteers, although the surgical mask was three times more effective. So obviously the surgical masks are way more effective. Those, um, the N95 and uh, surgical masks are obviously what are being recommended now by the by the public health department but they're saying you can wear anything okay um i agree with that i i I completely agree with that i don't i don't care if whatever it is we should start um wearing masks in public i haven't been wearing one i'm i'm gonna start wearing one now i I, i've made the decision um i i have an n95 mask i'll uh reuse it and the thing is is people the, the government needs to get their shit together. Uh, they need to start producing masks fast. Everybody need ma- everybody needs masks when they're out in public, and um, I'm talking good masks. Everybody should be using N95 because that's in a perfect world, right? But even if uh, you're not wearing an N95 or surgical mask, please wear something. Wear a mask in public. Wear gloves, um, and and let's take precautions that this thing is airborne. Okay, um, I, I hope this helps people. Um, please share this. Please tell a friend. Um, and if, if you have any questions, please uh, feel free to DM us and we'll produce any of the research. We will uh, gladly continue to talk about it. But um, I think it's time. And I, I hope this proves to a lot of people that uh, SARS-CoV-2 is, is most likely um, transmittable through aerosols. It's airborne people. And hospitals need to be taking those types of precautions. They should have been taking those precautions a long time ago.
Um, and I hope they make the change to that. And I hope that all the healthcare workers are, are provided uh, masks because it's, it's starting to get ridiculous. Cause I don't know how you're supposed to fight this thing if you're not taking every single precaution possible. Um, so it, it's extremely difficult. I understand um, if, if you've been having a difficult time understanding any of the things going on, it's, it's really difficult for me. It's, it's hard to even understand. Um, there's things that come left and right and everything changes daily. So I, I just suggest to kind of stay aware. You're, you're going to have to kind of keep up as much as possible um, and, and understand I'm, I'm not trying to fear monger or anything that, um, you know, everybody's going to die and it's the apocalypse. But I'm just saying, I mean, I mean, this is it's a novel virus. Uh, humans are not immune to pandemics. So we need we really need to be doing everything we can to prevent the transmission and spread of the disease. So stay activated, y'all.